Hey, you are here with Ginny and Tash. We are riding in the weeds today, episode 16, I think. And today we are going to talk about little by little, doing things with a featherweight more and just an add on to what we talked about last week. So if you are one of these people who kind of just gets it in your head that you may need to make a change and you need to do it right now and you just go at it and it lasts for like a week or so. And then you start to get a little bit discouraged. This is a great episode for you. We're going to talk about what that means, why we do it, and maybe some tips on how we can do it better. Jenny, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Tosh. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Thank you. All right. So little by little, this is something that you have brought up, Jenny, that you wanted to chat about. Start us off. Yeah, I just finished reading The Perfectionist's Guide to Losing Control by Catherine Morgan Scheffler. And this book kind of melted in my brain a little bit, I have to say. It took me a while to read it. I've been reading it for, I don't know, like two months maybe. And towards the end, she started giving a lot of resources. And one of her ideas is what she calls a feather's weight more. And it really struck me how vital this is as a skill in relation to achieving goals. And I think this is a perfect continuation of last week's conversation about personal and professional development, because this is the way it works. When you boil it down, all that radical change and let's do huge goals. And you can even go back to New Year's resolutions. Like how many people flop within 30 days, right? Yeah, they they don't work. No, not at all. She really dives into it in the book and talks about the fact that change is boring and healing is boring and doing this work is so boring, but this is how it works. And the only way you can really achieve goals or achieve change is through very small incremental changes. And that's all there is to it. That's the best way to go about it. When you're so right, it's boring. It's so not exciting to think about. I read a little meme on Instagram the other day and it said, stick to something for three to six months and see where you are. And I've been just repeating that to myself over and over again. Like, okay, I am going to do this thing. And yeah, it might not work perfectly today and it might not work perfectly tomorrow. But if I just focus on doing this thing so that I can get to the next step, whether it's eating well, whether it's going for a walk with the dog. So I think for me, the thing that gets me stuck is how big my vision is. Just having a small vision, like I need to go to the gym. If it's just to fix something that I feel like is wrong in the moment, it doesn't stick. So it needs to be a bigger vision. And when we're talking earlier, you mentioned that overall, it's like, how is that going to affect your goal, right? If your goal is to have more fun in life, to just enjoy yourself and what you do more, then you can start to slot these little things in and then you can start to make a plan in order to make it happen. And then you kind of want to see it through. And I read a fiction book it was about kind of spy stuff and it was comparing Russia and China and the US. And the overall idea was that at the end of the day, Russia and China are going to take over us Western worlds because they think on a long-term plan. 
Whereas we're all about four-year presidencies, four-year governments. And every time the government changes, we change our whole vision and our whole plan. And I think that has filtered down into our psyche as a people. And so we're like, yep, let's just decide to do this today and we'll see if it works tomorrow. And if it doesn't work, we'll try something different. And it started to really affect us in a big picture sense. Yeah, I think you're right about the cultural connection to these ideas. I think that there's a bit of an idea that unless you're doing something radical or unless it's something big and noticeable and dramatic, it's not good enough. And when we're talking about being able to accomplish long-term goals, you have to be willing to do that boring stuff in the middle and the boring baby steps. You know, like half a cup of water is better than no water, right? (laughs) You know, taking the small, tiny steps is the only way that you're really going to be able to accomplish something in the long run. You can't jump over all the stuff in the middle. It doesn't work that way. And it's unglamorous and it's a hard sell, right? Like you can't sell on only making tiny, small changes, which is why our culture doesn't cater to that. But the truth is that's the only way to actually make progress. And I see this show up with people and their pets a lot because we want to teach our dog to do something, or we want to accomplish something different with our horses, or we want to train our pet to do something. And frequently it's hard, right? It's a struggle to accomplish something with our pets. And what I think is really happening at the root is that we're trying to take too big of a step. And so the communication with our pets is breaking down because our pet is going, wait a minute, I don't understand. Either they physically, mentally don't understand the concept or we're asking too much of their bodies. And we do that to ourselves at the gym all the time, right? We go in and we're like, oh yeah, I'm going to run 5k today, whatever. Like, no, that's not going to work. It doesn't work that way. You cannot just walk out the door and expect to run a marathon. And so when we end up doing that with our pets, it, it sets all of us up for a failure. And I know I ran into that with my dogs a lot. And that was why we didn't end up doing a lot of things because I didn't know how to break the ideas down. You have to find support to help work you through those tiny baby steps so that everybody understands what's going on at the same time. So you can actually make long-term progress. Yeah, I like that. Bringing the idea of the support comes in because what comes up for me is that we need to be realistic. Because what happens is we see a problem, we're like, okay, I got to fix this. And we just want to go at it. And we do it in so many different ways. And I could reel off a whole lot of different ways that I personally see something that's wrong. And I'm like, right, I'm going to fix this right now. I'm going to get through it. And then a week later, I'm like, well, that didn't work. So I guess I need a different solution. When actually the solution was fine, it was my expectations that need to be adjusted. And it needs to be like, okay, for the next three months, this is how you're going to do it. And every time you go at it, you start to adjust. Okay, that didn't work. Okay, so writing down 10 things that I'm going to do in a day, even though I know that all those things aren't going to happen, you know, okay, well, slowly that's going to get filtered down to what I'm actually capable of managing. And back to that whole idea of stick to something for three to six months, 
eventually that system is going to start to work and the things that do work will start to stick. And when you have a second set of eyes, that person can start to be like, I've noticed a really big change in this and this and this. I noticed this the other day when I was teaching a bike lesson. It was fascinating. It's so hard when you've got two groups. I had a beginner and an intermediate in the same class. And then I had a new person who came in. So I had five people, four of whom I'd worked with in two different levels, and then a person who hadn't ridden a bike in 10 years. And the last thing I wanted to do was throw her off and have her not comfortable. And so I felt like I was doing mental gymnastics and it was raining and it was cold and the trails were slippery. And so what do I do that's going to work with all of them and give every single one of them one thing Four out of the five people wanted to work on positioning and the other one wanted to work on being more efficient in climbing. And so I was like, okay, how do I meet all of these things and make it work and not terrify this one person? And it was really interesting because I started out with like, okay, we're just going to warm up by doing this. And that one exercise actually ended up being quite transformational Every single person needed to work on, all we were doing was riding to the end of a tunnel, doing a rotational turn and riding back. And in that one thing, there was like a hundred things that I could focus on and teach on, but I had to find one because to try and teach them a hundred different things wasn't going to work for them and wasn't really going to have us achieving anything. So they all want to learn positioning. Okay. So how is it that this thing that I'm doing relates back to that initial goal of positioning? And it's not always easy to do that. And we have to really, again, zone in, focus in. And as a bike coach, sometimes I just want to give them everything all at once. And after doing my level two, it was really honed into me that one lesson at a time, like one subject of pedaling efficiency actually is broken down into your cadence and your pedal stroke and then your position on the bike. Now I'm on a trail, we're going up a hill and then there's wet rocks and I'm like, I want to teach you all the things, but I can't. And I got to break it down into bite-sized pieces And I'm going to have to come back again and do it again. And we're going to have to do it again before you actually really understand the concept that I'm trying to put through. And if I do it too quickly, no one's going to get anywhere. And you're all going to be like, that was stupid. Yeah. I think what happens is the system just gets overwhelmed. And when that happens, no learning can take place because you're not in the right frame of mind. When I started out as an adult learner to learn to ride a bike, I know my system gets overwhelmed when I have to combine too many pieces together at once like that. And I got the best advice from the bike shop where I bought my bike. The guy was like, well, take your pedals off. And I was like, no way. (laughs) Like it had never struck me that I could do that. And yeah, it was the best thing. I didn't even have my pedals off for nearly as long as I thought I would want them off, but I was able to break down the concept so that I was focusing on staying balanced on the bike and then rolling the bike and using my brakes. 
And it was awesome to be able to roll around my street. I live on a dead end road. So I was just rolling around in the street, pushing with my feet like a five-year-old. And that was how I was able to start to get the confidence of staying on the bike and staying upright. And then very quickly, I was able to add the pedals in. And what I found is that when I can look for all of those little ways to break something down, like I like to think of it like, what's the next smallest, best step I can take that will put me in line with my goal? And when I can do that, then I'm able to achieve the goal so much faster than if I try and take these huge steps that overwhelm my system and then set me back in the long run. There's a horse trainer that the idea is slow and right beats fast and wrong. That's the concept. What's the small steps that I can take that will keep me moving in the right direction rather than end up off in the weeds, biting off more than I can chew at one time and overwhelming everything. It happens with our pets. We try and set these training goals and then it's too much. The way you teach a dog agility is you literally bait them with treats through every single step of the way. When you teach them to go through the tunnel, there's somebody waiting at the other end of the tunnel with a reward. And that's all they got to do is get through the tunnel. And so when you can break that down into those teeny tiny baby steps, like that's a feather's weight more. And it weighs a lot because in the long run, they add up. And we don't put enough value on that in our culture, I don't think. I, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, really what we're talking about is that small changes yield big results. It's a long haul game. And when we're focused on the vision, we're willing to take those small steps. We're willing to review, we're willing to adjust, and we're willing to take a step back to take three steps forward versus the idea that we take three steps forward and 10 steps back. And again, I think that really comes down to like, what's the vision? What's the big idea here? why are we doing this thing? And therefore we start to do things. You and I this morning, our vision was to get together, have a chat, start a podcast. And we have little by little become more consistent. And this morning we took the time to have a look at the statistics and start to see what's working, what's not. And little by little, we'll add things in. We're busy people. So having that big expectation the vision is that we want people to listen to what we have to say. We want people to enjoy this content. However, it's not about getting there tomorrow. It's a small thing that we're working on in the background. And I mean, really at the end of the day is if you and I would go out and just bombard the world with our writing in the weeds, both our audiences would be so confused and the algorithms in our Facebook feeds and our Instagrams would go blah, and both our accounts would probably shut down and no one would see any of our stuff. Like we would effectively crash. It's the same thing when you're trying to ride a bike and you're trying to go from never riding a bike before to dropping into a black diamond rock roll and you don't even know which brake is which. At the end of the day, if you don't do small incremental changes, you will crash. And whether that's burning out, whether that's literally crashing on your bike, whether that's your animals just refusing whatever it is, and then you've just got a misbehaving animal, all of these things effectively lead up to that, like you just hit the wall and then you've got to start over and yeah. you're 10 steps back instead of being one step forward. And again, it's not popular. It's 75 hard versus five easy. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm laughing because what was it last week you happened to get this beautiful PDF from a business coach about how to start your podcast. And it had this list of, okay, this is what you're supposed to do in week one. And this is what you should be doing in weeks two and three. And I'm scanning through it. And I'm like, well, we skipped like all those steps. But what we ended up doing though, is we did it at our own pace with small steps. Clearly this person had this beautiful plan that included a lot of marketing and it included a lot of like making sure you had graphics and all this kind of stuff. And while we didn't take the time to do any of that, our motivation was also having fun, having conversations together and sharing what we know with our audiences. And whether or not we have a million viewers or a million listens or whatever is like not even on our radar at all. Our goal is to have fun. And so it all those baby steps to us don't matter. Like we're happy to take the baby steps because our goal is to have fun. And I think for me, every time that I really make that my focus, the baby steps are fine. Like I don't care about the fact that I'm taking these little tiny steps. My riding career has been very, very slow, but I'm in it to enjoy the journey of it rather than worrying about trying to go compete or get some medals or achieve some public grandiose goal. Like I don't have that. I'm doing it for my own enjoyment and for the enjoyment and the comfort of my horses. That's what we're in it for. So I think if you can have that as your goal, it's a lot easier to not care about how small the steps are along the way. You're there to have fun and who cares whether it's a big step or a small step. You just keep taking the next step. That's all that matters. Three foot toss as our coach used to say, take the three foot toss. And it's interesting. I do want to cycle back to just what you were saying. You're not in it for the medals and all of the things. However, when you were given the opportunity to enter something that you could potentially win a new bicycle, first you looked at it and was like, oh, I can't do that. And then you looked at it and you looked at the time that it would take you to achieve the hundred miles. And when you broke it down, you were like, actually, that's totally achievable. Not if I leave it till the last week and I have to ride a hundred miles in four days, but if I do this five miles a day, every day, I will achieve that goal. I might win a bike. I'm definitely going to get fitter. I'm definitely going to get stronger. And I'm definitely going to have created some sort of habit whereby I can see that when I do these things little by little, they add up to something big. And that was huge for me when you shared that, because it really highlighted everything that we're talking about right now because to start with you were like I can't do that and then you did the maths and you're like well actually I can it's kind of like I need to lose 30 pounds well if I need to lose 30 pounds by next week like that's unachievable but if I need to lose 30 pounds by next year well that's just making one change and sticking to it, when you're willing to take the time, when you're willing to realize that what we think we can achieve in a year is generally ridiculous, but what we can achieve in 10 years, we always underestimate. And flipping that thinking around and just starting to take those small steps and starting to break it down. Okay, how am I going to get there? Because Time moves so much faster than we think it does. And it also moves really slowly. So 
adjusting that vision and just really taking that moment to step back and go, okay, what's my goal for this week? How is that going to play into my goal for this month? Or really starting from the beginning at the end of this year, what do I want things to look like? How am I going to break it down? And my whole goddess experience is about doing exactly that. What is my future vision? Now, what are the steps I need to take? And I got to be honest, I need to sit down and do my goddess experience for myself because I've been feeling a little bit lost in the steps in the last little bit. And it's time to be like, okay, what's important? What needs to be done? How do I get what I need done and focus on it? Yeah. And I think the coolest part about really staying focused on those little steps, being aware of your greater goal, but staying focused on the little steps is that the results are compounded. So it's like compound interest. It's like all of those teeny tiny things start adding up and they start adding up in a really big way over time. And suddenly you realize you can do something that maybe felt out of reach before, or you just, gee, I don't know when I'm going to get to that level. And you suddenly realize it's no problem anymore. Your example of the challenge I did last year is a big one. I think it was 30 days and the baseline goal was a hundred miles. That's three miles a day. (laughs) Like, Oh shit, that's not hard at all. When you really do break it down, I wasn't as consistent every day because life. And by the end, I was handling 12, 13 miles in a day. And I wasn't able to sustain that for an extended period of time, but it really was able to show me what can add up over time, even within the short period of 30 days. And that was with bumps in the road along the way. We were on vacation for a while, so I couldn't ride every day. It was hot. I wasn't feeling great. Life happens. But still, it surprised me how much I was able to accomplish in that short of an amount of time simply by just trying to do the next best right step in that moment, the easiest thing to do in that moment. And the steps became easy at that point when I just kept focusing on that goal. Yeah, I love that. As I say, it totally inspired me. I've kind of got, I'll sum up here. How do we do this? We set a vision and we stick to it. We set a couple of goals and we figure out how we're going to achieve them. What's our three-month plan? What's our six-month plan? What are we going to do? The vision needs to be big enough so that you want to stick to it, that it's got juice, it's got meat. There's a carrot, you're going to want a free bike at the end of it. And it needs to be fun. Like it really needs to inspire you. I remember when I started doing a workout, it was like five to 10 minutes every day. And that one commitment of getting up at seven o'clock every morning and doing five to 10 minutes of movement every morning changed my life to the point where there were some days where I didn't want to do it, but I would get out of bed. I'd do my movement, promising myself that, you know what, if you still want, if you want to go to bed, back to bed afterwards, you can do that. It's only 10 minutes of your life. Like you'll be done, go back to bed. I don't think I ever actually did. And I got up on days when I'd only had an hour of sleep and had been partying the night before. It doesn't happen very often, but there were a couple of those days and it literally changed my world in that space of time. And this conversation is really timely for me because I need to get back into the now and I need to start to look at my future vision and figure out what I am going to be focusing on for the next three to six months. So thank you for having this conversation with me. And I'm really hoping that it's helpful to those of you that are listening. 
Jenny, you got any last thoughts? No, I think that really sums it up. It's just stay focused on your big vision, which the more fun that is, better off you're going to be, the easier it'll be to maintain. And then keep the vision and what's the next best small step I can take. Because between those two, you'll be at your goal in no time. Absolutely. I'm Tash and you can find me on the interweb at Betty Gohad. What I do is I help women build confidence so that they can go after their big dreams, whether it's on a bicycle, in your career, in your life. I do that by stepping first and taking big steps, taking small steps, being vulnerable and helping you do the same. So as I say, you can find me at Betty Gohard and Jenny, tell me about you. Yeah, I'm Jenny Brandon. I'm an animal communicator and energy healer for animals and their people too. And I help people with their pet challenges and connect better on a deeper level with their pets. And you can find me on the web at soulpetconnections.com and on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at the same handle. Thank you so much for joining us today. We love having these conversations together and with you, all of our viewers. So please like, comment, subscribe. We would love to hear from you if you have any questions or ideas for future episodes. So drop us a comment below and let us know what you think.